everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Kirsten Roldan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I am so excited to chat. This this episode is some like near and dear to my heart. I mean, fellow New Yorkers here grew up so, so close. Hudson Valley natives here. Yes. I, I love this. I love this. So tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and the types of people that you work with. Yeah. So I, it's crazy, like how you mentioned just both being Hudson Valley natives, because that's just such a rare niche thing alone. I just want to mm-hmm. point that out. <laughs> so I like love that I'm on this podcast right now. Thank you for having me. So yeah, like you said, my name is Kirsten and I am uh, a marketing agency owner that serves seven figure course creators. And we really just help them uh, have bigger launches by doubling down on their automations through email marketing and Facebook ads and more strategic launches. So, so good. So walk us through, I mean, you have a very interesting story. Um, Walk us through that story. How did you get to where you are now? What did that look like? All right. So in January, I need, I pivoted my services from done for you, social media management to online business management work. And Mm -hmm. What was wild about that is that I had signed like my first round of clients and they were going really well. And then COVID hit. Um, and just obviously for everyone, everything shifted and changed. And I was convinced my business was just like everyone else was thinking probably over. And so I was still in my nine to five during COVID. Mm. So I was like, nope, not safe, not time to leave. Right. Even though I was hitting, um, you know, consistent 5k plus months and really at, exceeding my nine to five income. I just, I was like, no, there's no way I'm leaving now. And, uh, as a side note, I was in healthcare. So Mm. being a healthcare professional in COVID and leaving, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that if I'm being honest. And so what ended up happening was COVID actually exploded my business. I was one of the very blessed people that ended up having a huge interest in my services. My services were needed then more than ever. And as a result, I ended up really being forced to leave my nine to five because I couldn't keep up with everything on my own. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started, it was in COVID that I actually started to um, build my team as well as leave my nine to five. And actually, well, we're still in quarantine, right? So since, since COVID started, I've hit $200,000 in revenue on, (laughs) yeah, so good on a small, on a small (laughs) audience in COVID. So it's like, I, I, I I keep telling my husband, like I hit six figures twice, babe. Like that's insane. Oh, good. That's the COVID story. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And it's so fascinating because, you know, this whole episode is going to be on, and you teach a lot on this, on like attraction marketing, how you don't need a large audience to have success. And that's something that I love about what you teach. And first off, if you do not follow her, go check her out. She's insane. I'm going to drop all of your, you know, contact info below too. But you have what, a following of, where is it now? I haven't checked. It's like 1,300 people, 1,400? Yeah, so I'm I'm 
currently today I'm at 1600. I'm 1600. I'm cleaning it up today and it will definitely be under that. (laughs) Cause I'm like, it's always kind of around that mark, like under the 2k mark and 200k, 200k under 2000 Instagram followers. That is incredible. So let's talk about attraction marketing here. So what does it mean to you and how do you leverage that? Because I think a lot of the times too, people think attraction marketing, but how do I actually apply that to my business? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's incredible how a lot of what the principles and foundations of attraction marketing really actually came naturally to me to where I didn't even know I was doing it until Mm -hmm. I realized I was doing it kind of thing. And so attraction marketing is really rooted in content when it comes to Instagram specifically. So it really comes down to content marketing. And for me, what it means to me is being able to show up as myself and be the face of my business and have that attract people to me so that I don't have to focus so heavily on lead generation. When Mm. I started my business, I was still at a very demanding nine to five. Right. And so, and even, uh, you know, at COVID again, in a demanding nine to five, and I genuinely didn't have the time to do extensive lead generation. I wasn't outsourcing it yet. Mm -hmm. And so for me, attraction marketing was the only way that I could scale my business. And so I would literally start my content at the beginning of the day, you know, check it at lunch at my nine to five and and keep going from there. And so I just, I leveraged it by, by making it the only thing (laughs) really that I did. And it's, it's honestly how I was able to, you know, I have a small following, but I have an incredibly engaged community and, and that's the key really. And all of our clients, even in our agency, I would say most of them, except for two, are under 5,000 followers. And so we really specialize um, in all aspects uh, of my business. We specialize in small audiences. I love that so, so much. And I believe in that wholeheartedly because the same thing happened to me. And I think a lot of the times when people are first starting their businesses, they think, I just need to get to 10,000 followers. I have to get to 10,000 followers before I I can see success in my business. And I'm like, no, it's the smaller quantity, but quality, quality people. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to build a profitable business with a small following? Like, are there systems in place? Are there, you know, any types of content that they, they should be thinking of or things to focus on on Instagram? Like any tips there? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, just the marketing person in me has to say that when it comes to your sales pipeline and it comes to sales funnels, right? Because that's what I do is sales Mm -hmm. funnels. When it comes to that, you know, we often think of that triangular funnel, right? But the problem with that funnel is that it implies that once someone gets to the end of it, the lead is gone. They've lost, you've lost somebody. They're done, right? They've made the purchase Mm -hmm. and they're out. Funnel leads can't go back into the top. That means you have to consistently like keep putting in leads in order to keep making money, right? That's not truly productive. So if you think of it in terms of looking at your sales pipeline and the existing leads within it and think, how can I really double down on attracting these leads and leading them to the purchase, the ones that are in my current funnel, those are the ones that you end up keeping. Customer lifetime value, right? Customer retention Mm -hmm. should be the number one focus over lead generation. So I just want to say that there. And when it comes to leveraging Instagram specifically, what I would strongly suggest is Mm -hmm. creating content consistently and making sure 
you know, daily content to start, right? Daily content to start. And then eventually you can ease up. But um, also what has really helped grow my community is polarizing content specifically. Mm, yes. Because, yes. Because a lot of Sundays, spicy <laughs> Sunday. Yep. That's what I become known for. And honestly, the reason why I really suggest polarizing content on Instagram is because, especially for small audiences is mm-hmm. because a lot of attraction marketing is repelling. Okay. It's repelling leads that either don't align with your business mission and values. And therefore, do you really want them to purchase with, from you? Um, or they're never going to purchase from you. They're just lingering and enjoying your little space. Right. And so creating polarizing content that, that repels, right. Is a, is a large part of attraction marketing. Now, Something I always say when it, if anybody's listening to this that knows Spicy Sunday, um, you don't have to be spicy to be polarizing, right? You can do something as simple as one system versus another. Everybody loves Kajabi. Be the person that says no, Kartra, right? That's that's polarizing content, and it mm-hmm. really helps you to set stand up, stand out, right? Set yourself apart and attract people um, to you because you have thoughts and opinions and you're educating people. And that makes a big difference when it comes to attracting customers. The right people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and when talking about that, so polarizing content, are there any, is there anything else that you'd suggest to you on how to make your content more magnetic? Is it showing up on video on stories or anything else when it comes to like your copy that you would even, or that has helped you? Yes. Talk like yourself. Yes. yes. Nobody talks like themselves. Um, So for example, I clap my hands. Like I'm a hand clapper. I'm Mm -hmm. from New York. Like I'm just very, you know, I, I just, I talk a certain way. And so what I found, especially for the nine to fivers out there, when you Mm -hmm. first start on Instagram, all us nine to fivers are like very (laughs) polished and very professional. (laughs) And if that's a part of your brand, right. If that's a part of your brand, cool. If you're like one of those luxe premium, like super polished corporate brands, that's awesome. But I'm not (laughs) like Mm -hmm. in the slightest. And that used to scare me. That used to really scare me that I wasn't polished enough and that nobody would take me seriously as a business Mm. owner. But I found that when I talked like myself, when I showed the clapping emoji hands, when I, you know, spoke like the Hispanic New Yorker that I am, (laughs) people, people were way more attracted to me and my services because I was real and I was relatable. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your copy, talk like how you talk, right? Obviously, you know, you want to make sure like grammar and things like that, but you can still speak how you speak. And I would say also making sure that you're not looking at your competitor. Um, what I mean by that is a lot of people will come to me um, when it comes to like consulting on their attraction marketing and they'll be like, well, my competitors are, my competitors are talking about this. And so, you know, X, Y, Z. And I say, I always say, do you want to stand with your competitor or stand out? Mm, Yeah. So what is your, you can look at what your competitor is saying, but how can you put a unique spin on it that stands out? That's the key with content marketing and, and making it unique and different. And if that means you only create one piece of powerful content a week, that will get you further with a small audience than creating five pieces a week just to Mm -hmm. post daily. 
Exactly. And that's honestly what something, I mean, being also from New York too, not for nothing, hand claps here. Yes. That's what attracted me to you and your content so much. And, you know, seeing a lot of content in the space and quite frankly, some of it can be regurgitated. I think we all see that too. It kind of feels like you're in a little bubble, but like seeing your content so refreshing and so authentic, that's why I literally look forward to seeing your posts when they do <laughs> come up because they're just so freaking real. They're real. And I feel like I'm sitting like across the table from you when you're speaking in your copy. So I kind of want to switch gears a little bit too, because you have really moved into this like funnels, funnel build. And really, like you mentioned before, like instead of like switching the game on it being like a, you know, a triangle approach, right. But it's more of like the retention, even like after people work with you, I guess, talk to me too, like what got you so interested in funnels? And I guess, you know, talk me, talk to me about that transition. How's that going? Man, so funny because I, it, it's one of those things where I can't believe I'm here, but also it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. um, kind of thing because in my nine to five, I was very systems and operations based. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, when I was doing OBM work, what I just found was I was really great um, at tech automations and systems. And I had gotten certified in email marketing as well as um, gotten certified in frictionless sales strategy, which is all about the idea of instead of looking at your funnel as a triangle, Mm -hmm. right? As the classic triangle, looking at it as a flywheel, like wheel of fortune, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you add force to it, it can spin, but friction can also stop it. But if you keep the customer at the center, that is what will keep your, your, um, you know, your force spinning. So after I took that course, I was like, oh my goodness, it just changed my view of everything. Mm -hmm. And I realized nobody was thinking of it that way. Like I couldn't believe, I I suddenly couldn't unsee it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't unsee it. And so I found that um, so many people were focusing on lead generation, hiring social media managers because they didn't want to engage, um, you know, and trying to get new leads, doing Facebook ads to cold audiences. Like everybody was just so focused on the lead gen. And I was just like, wait, but I mean, if we could just double down on the existing leads, what could that do if we could retarget, Right or AKA remarket our existing leads, what could that do? And that's what ended up becoming like my, my MO, like it just became Mm -hmm. what I suddenly became known for because I started testing it on my current clients and my current clients by doubling down on their email marketing strategy specifically and things like that, they found that they were increasing their enrollment rates um, without using ads, without even doing it organically. And I'm pro ads, by the way, I just, I focus on like retargeting and things like that, but they did it without it. So then when it came to shifting into paid traffic and things like that, they did it confidently because they knew that, no, we're going to focus on the existing audiences, you know, and see what we can pull out of that first. And it just, yeah, suddenly that was my thing and I got better and better Mm. at it. And all of my clients, um, were, were selling out like hitting their highest, actually to this day, um, currently all of our clients have hit their highest cash months with us. Um, because we just funnel it, we funnel hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you do not see her stories of sharing behind the scenes of you doing funnel work, I'm always mind blown. I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness. I mean, just yeah. seeing you step into your, you know, zone of genius, but this is, this is your craft, right? Yeah. And speaking of crafts, I mean, you are, I just, I'm still mind blown actually like having this conversation. The fact that beginning of COVID, you were still in your nine to five role, transition mm-hmm. into the space, transition into funnel build expert, now transitioning into also offering a physical product, um, yeah. which is <laughs> just amazing. Like, Give us some details too on like entering that arena in your business. How is that going? Yeah. So I just, it's so, it's going to sound so redundant, but it really all ties back to funnels because I'm just so thankful that I have them in my business and that they're consistently converting. Everybody has funnels Mm -hmm. in their business. It's just a matter of, are they converting consistently and, um, you know, profitably without your presence, um, so that you can make more while doing less. Right. So, as a result of setting up my current, you know, my first business to make more while doing less, to keep um, customer retention at the center of my strategy um, and to work with my existing audience. As a result, I've been able to, you know, venture out on new entrepreneurial (laughs) journeys. Um, mm. Um, And so one of them being the CEO box, which is a gift boxing service for online entrepreneurs. And it's so exciting. It's totally different. E-commerce is totally different from service-based, even Mm -hmm. the funnels. I'm still learning the funnels for for e-commerce. But it's so exciting because it just shows you like the power of going from, you know, a service-based, specifically for me, a service-based, you know, small business to serial entrepreneurship. I mean, the potential in this online space is incredible. And so it's limitless. I I love that. And you mentioned too, what I took away from that is like, when you have those funnels in place, when you build that infrastructure of the systems, it allows you to grow and scale, but allows you to branch off into other things. That's, that's huge, huge. Oh my gosh. I feel like we need to do a part two of funnels because I mean, you're just like a wealth of knowledge. And I'm like, this is not (laughs) enough That alone is like a whole episode. A whole (laughs) episode. But I just, I love you so much as a person. And again, like I, I, I deeply resonate with a lot of the stuff that you, you know, you've been through and just, you know, your experience and whatnot. And I want to segue into mm-hmm. one of my favorite questions that I ask on every single episode. And this is why I started the Thrive Society podcast. You know, a lot of the times the Instagram and you know, this too can seem like a highlight reel of beautiful things and beautiful mm-hmm. imagery, which is great, but it kind of covers up sometimes some of the hard shit that people go through, you know, to get there. And I'm just curious if there was like any challenge or anything that you've experienced or struggle that has really helped to move you into where you are now. Yeah. Um, 100%. I would say, I mean, in terms of since I've started my business, of course, there have been struggles. There have been struggles in building, learning how to build a team with no roadmap. It seems like nobody knew how to, how to do it at the time. And, um, it would be dealing with, I I have to admit spicy Sunday brought me a lot of, of flack. If I'm being honest, my polarizing (laughs) content, my polarizing content, um, definitely. Yeah. It brought a lot of challenges and a lot of, concern over, am I, am I going to 
last if I continue being myself? Like, am I Mm -hmm. going to, you know, a lot of anxiety around that. Like if I continue to speak my mind and be the New Yorker, the, you know, the crazy Mm -hmm. New Yorker that I am, like the person that I am, are people going to like me? Are people going to continue to buy from me? Like it, there was a lot of that, um, for sure. But I had to, you know, occasionally I would take like my weeks off my breaks just to give people a break in general, but also myself. Um, but I had to push through it because it was one of those things where, well, how do I want to build my business if it's not me? Right. Like what is the point? And so I would say that was one of, I would honestly venture to say that was the number one challenge actually, when it came to building my business is worrying about people liking me, having people please their tendencies, mm-hmm. um, and having some people rooting me on and like clapping their hands with me and being like, this is awesome. And then having others completely repelled, which isn't that the point of attraction marketing? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the point is to get those people out of your audience, but it's a challenge when you have, um, personal connections to certain people that don't agree with you (laughs) at all. And you, you know, you just are like, how can I do this in a respectful way and handle this in a respectful way? So yeah, I would say that was the biggest thing where, where my people pleaser tendencies pushing through them and realizing that at the end of the day, unless you pay my bills, (laughs) (laughs) unless you pay my bills, you're not going to silence me. Right. And there's a reason why I'm doing it. And it's always with good intention. So Mm -hmm. for me specifically with spicy Sunday, it was always to elevate the done for you service provider. That was always the intention. It was never to, to hurt anybody. It was to elevate the done for you service provider and show them their power and their potential. That's always what it was. So I always had to dive back to what my mission was. This is Mm -hmm. my mission is to elevate the done for you service provider. And so, yeah, that was, that was, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Leaving my job. Oof, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> it really could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> like everyone leaving their nine to five jobs, what that process oh. was like, because everyone oh. is so different, but that, that makes so much sense. And, you know, seeing you just speak your truth and, you know, build your business in an authentic way is just so beautiful Watch to watch from the outside looking in. So you are killing it. But for those that are listening today who are like, Oh my God, Kirsten, I need help. Funnels, systems. Tell me, how can people work with you? Where can people find you? Absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at roldan.co.marketing. That is my agency page. Or you can follow me on my personal page at Kirsten Roldan. And yeah, that's, that's how you can find me and learn more about what we do. Awesome. I'll link it in the show notes, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you. 